0: Hi, I'm Akhil And I'm Rohan Nahu.
1: Welcome to The Long Take. It's almost the end of the year, so we're doing our end of the year sort of special again, where we discuss our favorite movies from this year, or at least ones that we we're able to watch. Um Yeah, that's basically it. Uh We'll try to go, like, a little quicker in the beginning, because we don't want to bore Rakesh to death and put him to sleep. Uh Or her, you know, because we're gender neutral here. So anyway, uh kicking off with Rohan's number 10. Take it away.
0: Okay, so my number 10 is 13 Lives, it's the Ron Howard uh, Thai Cave Rescue movie, which I had zero interest in when I heard that description. But then hmm. when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is like an extremely like restrained, humanist, uh, kind of uplifting film. Uh, it sustained hmm. my interest for a very, I mean, it was a really long movie. Uh but yeah. then the whole way through, I was kind of gripped, even though I knew how it was going to end. Uh, there were some details that were surprising, but I thought it was very nicely underplayed, which was surprising for Ron, Ron Howard, you know, who's someone who's so old fashioned Hollywood <laughs> workman. Yeah,
1: this is the guy who like made like Apollo 13 and stuff. Yeah, know, which is like, the comparison. And he's like, going crazy made. in space. like, oh, what's going
0: on? Yeah, so this was a nice departure for him and very deliberately uh, kind of muted uh, and focused on character, which I really liked.
1: Yeah, I think that the the length is not an issue because it's like a mission-oriented movie, right? Like so, I think that sort of carries you because they're like, oh yeah, ye karna hai, ye karna hai, uske baad ye karna. Hai. Like hmm. there's like a thing, there's always like a thing they're chasing. There's always like a goal they're yeah. chasing. How to figure it out? Like for the longest time they can't like figure out like how will we even do it? Like we're here, we saw them, but hmm. like what what now? Um, have you seen, had you seen the documentary that came out like the year prior? I this? did, yeah.
0: Which, which had rescuer. a lot of similar stuff. Yeah, I, mm. I, I watched the documentary. Uh, but yeah, this is, I mean, compared to the documentary, this is like forest gum. But then, <laughs> <laughs> but then as, as like a piece uh, by itself, um, I thought, yeah, this and another movie that we're going to discuss probably in 20 minutes. Very similar in mm. terms of just how gripping they are in terms of, you know, just the mission oriented. Yeah punch the fist in the air type vibe Hmm. yeah what's your number 10
1: uh my number 10 comes from ireland it's called the quiet girl it's it's a very different film it's it's also muted like yours but it's all Mm -hmm. it's about a young girl who is basically like in a very dysfunctional family uh she sent away for the summer to her distant relatives where she literally blossoms uh sort of comes out of her shell thanks to people who actually pay attention to her um Yeah, like, I I didn't, like, this is, like, a film I randomly saw, I think, like, a couple of months back or something. And I wasn't really expecting to, like, you know, I was like, yeah, it's just, like, a small feature from, like, a first-time director in Ireland. Like, what could it be? And and it's just, like, I think packs, like, an emotional value by the end of it. Like, especially that final shot, like, where she's sort of running. And she realizes what she has gotten from these Mm. people. And she's like, oh, yeah, like, which I've never had in my Mm. life. Uh, that just like, it just won me all by the end. But, like, before that... It's, like, almost like a meditation on, like, grief and, like, that very heavy subjects, which, like, they, 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 they uncover that stuff,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's very, very quiet uh, in terms of they don't really speak much in this movie. A lot is communicated hmm. just by the pure filmmaking, right? Like, in terms of how, how yeah. the scenes are structured, how faces are are framed, like, faces they, he relies very heavily on in this movie because so much mm. is communicated through them without any dialogue. Um, it's also in yeah. Irish, uh, in addition to being an Irish movie, yeah. uh, which is a very unusual language. Like, you don't really watch movies in I- Irish, right? It's very unusual. Um, mm. So it's not a language that you can kind of understand the rhythms of as, like, someone who doesn't understand it or hasn't seen too many movies in that language. Um Hmm. which again you focus more heavily on the filmmaking of it and by the end you're right like you i thought i was sold like while watching the movie but when <laughs> the, when the ending happens i'm like oh i didn't know that you had that in you uh, i didn't know that you're going to take the story yeah. there and just be like unabashedly sentimental but there you go and that's that's <laughs> what and
1: but it works yeah, because, yeah, like of the course, most, course. the movie has been restrained. Otherwise, it would just be like, "What are you doing?" This is uh-huh. fantastic. No, no, it's like
0: the this, uh-huh. like literally, um, you can sense the director, like, <laughs> nalka kholoing. You know, like I, now it's you are allowed <laughs> to. So yeah, it's damn good.
1: Yeah, to. right. Moving on. What is your number nine? My number nine
0: is Michael Bay's ambulance, which is <laughs> not a joke inclusion on my list because I find it crazy that, you know, in the same year that Top Gun Maverick has been hailed as this great American blockbuster, right? Hmm. Ambulance is just as skillfully made, if not more, because we talk about like otter directors and nobody in the world can do what Michael Bay did in Ambulance. It's like this is the movie where I, I go in to every Michael Bay movie expecting this, like, this is what I expect of him. And this is, like, him operating at peak level for, like, two and a half hours. And everyone's in on the joke. You know, nobody's taking themselves seriously in this movie. Yeah. Like, everything is ridiculous. But, like... Yeah, yeah. Mm- Like,
1: it's deliberately over the top every moment of this movie. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And then, you know, we we, we spoke about how uh, those pointless, like, Dwayne Johnson movies, how they have no, like, idea how to use drones. But this guy knows how to use drones, right? He's pushing the bar for himself he knows like his although stamp- like they got too much for me eventually i was just like this
1: movie is sometimes like a visual assault on like on my senses
0: yeah yeah, yeah. it's supposed to be an assault right <laughs> <laughs> everyone's yelling nobody speaks <laughs> yeah, yeah there is this is the opposite of the two movies you've just discussed in yeah, terms yeah. Of sensibility like in like in every way possible this is like <laughs> this, is, this is this is this is louder than RRR imagine Hmm. so Hmm. yeah like just people kind of responded to elvis for similar reasons because they were like (laughs) oh it's so huge and everything is so loud but i'm like no elvis doesn't know understand storytelling right it's just Hmm. scene after scene of after scene of like wikipedia article entries (laughs) Uh, but this one is like unabashed sentimentality that Michael Bay does so well you know that old like slow-mo Terrence Maliki thing and then the sparky like explosions yeah,
1: yeah. and like cameras is, like spinning around characters yeah, obviously this is,
0: this is what I enjoy <laughs> and I think like I'm at that age where I'm not gonna like <laughs> uh kind of pretend that I don't what's your number right. nine
1: uh my number nine does not
0: <laughs> Have uh, any back to this
1: trend, yeah, it, it's sticking to the trend we established prior to this movie. It's called Happening. It's a small movie from France uh, about a teenager who is one night stand, and then she gets pregnant, and she's like living in 1963, which I didn't ma- mention until now. Forgot. Uh, and, and because of that, it doesn't like,
0: matter because you, it could be any time, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah, it could be any time. in mean, there's so many countries today, which like mm. even if the access is easily available like the way society looks at you which is like what happens in this movie as well right like it's just everyone around her just like they don't even like the word never comes up the word i just mentioned abortion never comes up in the entire movie because Hmm. saying that is too much let alone having you know talking about like giving access to that for women yeah yeah. Uh, and
0: this is france right almost in a way feels like this movie was made in iran secretly yeah because of how 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 Everyone's tiptoeing around everything. Uh, Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's it's just like, this is, and I saw this before, like, you know, things got worse in the US and like stuff like like, in Hmm. South America and stuff. So, like, that movie's been hitting harder for a lot lot of people after who've seen that. But, like, Hmm. I feel like these kind of movies are just like forever, right? Like, it's just, this is what our world is. uh, Society's always been stacked against women. Uh, We do not make it easy for them. Mm-hmm. And when they get into terrible situations, when they get into corners, they just like, screw you, yeah, live with this now. Um, and it's just like, again, like like the two him discussed like 13 nights and Quiet girl, it's very restrained, you know, it doesn't like, I think the woman, even though like, she's, not a woman, she's a, she's a teenager, even though she's going through such insane things, like the camera's like on her face the entire time in like, this movie, mm-hmm. mein. it's like so claustrophobic to be, be with her. But, like, there's never a scene where, like, they give into the mirror drama, right? There's never a scene where she just, like, breaks down and like, cries for, like, three minutes. Yeah, yeah. Because
0: she can't, uh, right? Because she has no support. Like, she's literally alone. Yeah. It's like, it reminded me of that movie, Son of Saul. I don't know if you remember. Right? You're just mm. trapped to the protagonist in 4 by 3 ratio for however <laughs> long it's going to take them to survive. And yeah, you like, do that, That's
1: basically what it is. Like, this is, like, like, a survival movie in some way, right? She has to figure a way out. Mm. Uh, she wants her, like um uh, examination or whatever studies to like stay on track uh, otherwise th- her family or her friends are like no one really cares what's happening
0: yeah yeah it's uh should be said it's not easy to watch like at several yeah, times i was like dekna. Mm. but then
1: there was like especially that scene where she Yeah. Oh my no. God, like, just thinking about it making me no. like all my hairs are standing up right now but like when she goes yeah, yeah, into yeah. Or with like with those those what are the scissors? I'm forgetting now. Saw uh, this it's a long like a Metal uh, thingy. Metal whatever thing. Yeah, it's just like I ha- literally. I think I think I paused the movie. I'm not remember now. I saw it like a while back. Mm. Uh, but I was like, this is I cannot
0: take this. Yeah, thing. it's quite. It's not the easiest thing to watch, but then it is very important to watch, and I think everyone should.
1: Yeah. Okay. Moving on. What is your number eight?
0: Number it's a horror movie called, or kind of a horror movie called Speak No Evil, which I watched a while ago. And I think, yeah, it's the only horror movie on my list. Uh, hmm. And yeah, it's partially horror. It's partially like a comedy. Of manners. I would say the next movie coming up with you is sort of horror. But we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. So I, this is like about, a, I think, a Danish couple. Who run into a Dutch couple on a vacation? Dutch couple invites them in over, Italy, yeah, yeah uh, to spend some time with them in their house. They go there, they realize that the Dutch couple is weird, um, <laughs> and it begins as yeah, this, this
1: is like, obnoxious, right? Eh? This is like the kind of people you meet, like yeah, they're just like loud and like, they don't really have manners and
0: stuff like that. Yeah, so it begins as just really uncomfortable. Now we're stuck here. What do we do? And it's also about like. <laughs> how culture plays into, like, social situations. They feel like they're going to be yeah. too rude to kind of just be like, hum ja rahe. Uh, and yeah. the longer they stay, the weirder things get, and by the end, it's like pure <laughs> horror. Uh, yeah. It has, it's like, yeah. It's almost
1: like that, right? It's like... It's like how, like, our politeness gets in the way of basically our lives sometimes. Like, it's almost like you try to, like, excuse yourself. You're like, this is okay, this is okay. And suddenly you find yourself in a country with Modi, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Getting stoned to death in a quarry.
1: (laughs) Like, that's why I think this movie can be, like, allegorical in, like, any number of ways, right? Like, it doesn't have to be about... Just like people being polite to other people, mm. it's just like you can stretch it to any dimension.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, the cool thing about the movie is the subversion, right? So it like holds its hand out to you and it's like, heart me because you're nice. We understand you're a mm. nice person. But then in the end, it's mm-hmm. like, sorry, it's not going <laughs> to end well for you. <laughs> it's like so completely nihilistic, which I really like. Like the, the tonal shift at the end is like really crazy.
1: Yeah, like in the end, it's like they just like go with it. They're like, now we're just going to like show you everything you've been <laughs> dreading for the last 80 minutes. Uh,
0: speaking of Tonal Shift, what's your number eight?
1: <laughs> um, so, yeah, like uh, everyone, I don't know if everyone knows it, but like this guy who's made Old Boy and The Handmaiden, very like graphic movies with like blood and sex and everything, mm. uh, has now made a movie called Decision to mm. Leave, which has, like, the basics, like, sort of understanding, but, like, then removed much of, like, his sort of the things he's known for. So, it doesn't feel like a Park Chan-wook movie when you come into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can tell, like, he's operating in the same space. It's, it's like, the I, I call it the best romantic movie of um uh, Like, even though, like, primarily it's something else, but, like, that's what it actually is. It's a, it's a romantic movie. It's about a, you know, detective like, who's trying to, like, apprehend this woman, but he just falls for her. And, uh, it's just like the turns it takes. The, it's again like a glance movie. Like, we're talking about the quiet girl, ka camera work. Like, this is again the same thing. It's almost like so much is conveyed through, like, you know, them just like looking at each other on the camera work and the production design or stuff like that in the way they room in the, the, the places they meet in. Mm. Uh, yeah, it had me hooked completely. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, so for me, decision to leave did not work. And I'm going into oh. it as a big Park Chan Wook fan. And this is not because, mm this is a departure for him as a director. I think it's very much in his Mm. wheelhouse, the themes that he's dealing with, you know, like, just psychosexual yearning, you know, like, turned out to eleven. That's something he's done before.
1: Yeah, I think it was a departure in, like, the visual depiction of it.
0: Uh, So, yeah, I mean, so with Decision to Leave, what I can do is I can admire the technical achievements, and it is quite amazing to look at, like, to just wonder how Mm. he achieved some of the shots and, you know, some of the... Some of the camera work is insane. And it will take like 20 viewings to kind of appreciate all of it. <laughs> but then for me, a romantic movie has to make me feel, and this did not make me feel anything. Even like right. Vertigo, which this movie is kind of riffing on, made me feel Yeah,
1: sad. it is like a very Hitchcockian Yeah,
0: but this, riff. for a romantic movie, and this is a romantic movie, you are right. But then on that account, it's a failure because I felt nothing for these two people. Uh, which mm. is sad.
1: Which I guess like sort of brings us to your number seven where I like we discussed that in in depth on our episode yeah. where I did not like connect with So,
0: yeah. What is it? Yeah, it's Blonde, which is, yeah, one of the most divisive ones this year. Um, hmm. The Marilyn Monroe biopic, quote unquote, which is a made up horror yeah, movie. Yeah, quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> it's like basically like I'm Amadeus, but like in today's era. Right? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's like. I appreciate wild swings, and this is a wild swing if mm. there ever was one. Um, from minute one to like whatever three hours for however long it is, <laughs> it's just—it's long, huh? It's—it's it's intense. It's uh, difficult to watch. It's not holding back it wants you to feel everything it wants you to feel and I think it does a really good job
1: yeah yeah like just like happening I think the camera is like on her face like the entire movie yeah
0: I think it does a really good job in achieving what it set out to do which is a which is a, a a simple benchmark that I set for every movie that I watch like I might not agree with what the movie is aiming for but if the movie itself achieves it then you know thumbs up in this case I found myself agreeing with whatever the movie was saying you know like world's difficult people enjoy watching others suffer and here you go (laughs) you're the you're the you're the culprit um yeah Yeah, i've already like voiced my thoughts like in a much longer
1: form so instead of like wasting time again here you just go to our episode blonde and check that one
0: out yep uh what's your number seven
1: my number seven i think is also your number six if i'm getting it correct here uh it's called Tar, it's the movie that I think a lot of people are actually putting number one on their list. Uh and mm-hmm. it's like supposed to be an Oscar Fernanda, but I wasn't like that out of it, but also like did not leave me once it like got me hooked. Like it's just that's obviously thanks to like Kate Blanclair She's amazing and I think almost everything she does. Mm. Uh and yeah, it's like almost thanks to her power that you just like you are put into the world. Like I I mean when I went in, I was like, she's sort of like get those expectations right if you like watched it after all those like sort of praises have been sung you're like yeah okay like now i'm expecting this to be like dark knight now Mm uh so obviously it's not gonna be like that ever uh but it's almost like one of the um most involving movies i think what it it does well 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 is that it never like sort of like talks down or like never teaches like or never voices like where it stands on its
0: character it's like this is the character the end
1: until the end, which like there are debates over it whether that those scenes are even like happening for real or not. Hmm. Uh, there, there are theories out there, which like I even I have no idea. Okay. Um, anyway, so until that point, yeah. But like it's like the it's the fall from grace is just, it's just amazing to watch for any like movie, right? That that's why these movies work is because you like people like falling from the top. I guess everyone like just likes that, especially someone uh, like and it's depicted
0: this person.
1: Yeah, this person, like, who just, like, who uses everyone around her, Mm. is horrible to everyone, like, and, like, grants, like, you know, like, favors and, like, stuff like, like, that person will, like, perform for me now because, like, I like her face or whatever. Mm. And goes up to, like, schoolyard bullies and then becomes the bully herself. Like, you know, just, like, yeah, just horrible behavior, like, all around.
0: Yeah, uh, what I really appreciate about this movie is how... uh... It, how Like you said, you know, it doesn't really sp- spoon-feed the... Like, it expects you to be intelligent enough to follow along and draw your own conclusions. And it's complex. It's not easy. Like, you can't... You, characters are real characters. They're, like, real people. They're not easily, mm. like, slotted into boxes for your convenience, uh, which a lot of movies tend to do, you know, because it's the easiest way to go about things. So for yeah, the longest this time, yeah, this character bad. This character good. So for the longest time, you don't know what to feel about this person, right? You're watching this person Mm. be like literally people doing puja of this person. You're like, he okay.
1: Yeah, that's how the movie starts. Mm. They're like, this person is at the top of the world. There's no one better than her in her craft.
0: And, you know, I understand people who might watch this and be like, we don't really agree with the perspective of this movie. But then I do believe that if you stick with it, especially that ending, the movie makes it very clear where it stands. Uh, even though it tells most of it, most of the movie is told via her perspective, um, hmm. which might be weird, but then that also makes it more complex and more interesting. Um, and she's obviously like operating on God level. Just the opening interview scene itself, I was like, How is she doing this? Like, I'm not a Kate Blanchett fan. And while watching this, I was like, <laughs> I cannot believe how she's doing it. And by the end, I was like, Oh man, this is like. A uh, major, major movie.
1: Alright. So we've covered your sixth as well. So I guess it's back to me then. It
0: is back to you. What's your number six?
1: My number six is probably the longest title on this I think. If I'm getting it right. Yeah. It's called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Um, I don't know what way to start with this movie. Like I, I feel like I'm whatever I sort of say i'm not gonna be ever encapsulate what i felt while watching it like i mean i can talk about you know like the maddening crazy stuff they do with like dildo fights and like people putting things <laughs> up their butts or like hot dog fingers and stuff like that but like that doesn't really tell you anything about the movie yeah. or i can talk about you know like how the movie pays homages to like everything from in the mood for love to like space odyssey and like the matrix in st- some ways but like even that doesn't tell you anything about the movie or i can say like if the movie is about a laundromat owners who are like who are behind on their taxes and they're going through stuff but like even that doesn't say anything about the movie so i really don't know like what to say except the fact that this is the craziest i guess z- zaniest uh invention in, in this sort of year at least mm-hmm. um and you know there is the word multiverse has been thrown around a lot especially in the last couple of years by like both mm-hmm. all the superhero giants but this movie knows exactly what to do with the multiverse storytelling and basically, I think no one should do it after this.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed everything everywhere all at once. Uh, I did not love it. And I think mm. part of the reason behind that is I enjoyed portions of it. Mm. I connected, as you know, I would expect with the with the with the love story between uh, the laundromat owners, Michelle Yo, and her husband. I connected with the in the mood for love kind of sequences. I connected with the, the mother, daughter narrative, which is the core of the movie. What yeah. I did not connect with was the, you know, the the glossy kind of superficiality of it, um, which I understand is part of the experience. But then it kind of took me out of it, which is the only reason why I'm holding back on this movie uh, more than, you know, most people, obviously. Yeah. So that's where I am. <laughs>
1: so jumping to your number five which i think is also in my number five
0: all right cool so and this is a movie that we've done on the podcast so a longer conversation can be checked out it's top gun maverick Mm. uh (laughs) yeah like easily the best theater experience for me this year on imax um not knowing really because i was like i watched top gun and everyone's watched top gun and they're like yeah fun movie whatever but this one kind of takes it to another level just the pure kind of the purity of storytelling the purity of just how
1: yeah i had like much different expectations i was like top gun for me is like man you know so i was like going into that i was like yeah I, this is gonna be like 36 years later they're gonna make another meh movie and no one's gonna care Hmm. And I went in and I was like, oh, my God, what is this? Like,
0: this yeah, is insane. It's like off, Mission yeah. Impossible in planes now. <laughs> Which is exactly <laughs> what. <laughs> so uh, now he's just like stuck, right? Every movie has to be like some insane kind of Mission Impossible level achievement. Uh, yeah. But then will... the
1: guy actually knows how to like up the ante, right? It's not like he's just like falls down after a point. It's not like he's reached his peak and he's like, yeah, I can never do better with that stunt. So let's just check out. No, like he's. He's so committed to just, like, making sure that everything, like, actually, like, be like, oh, yeah, okay, that was amazing.
0: Which is, which was my theory about this movie, right? This movie is about Tom Cruise and how (laughs) he has to up the ante every time. So, even in this movie, when the mission is complete, he's like, no, no, there's more to be done. (laughs) He just levels up suddenly. Uh, And that's what makes, you know, Tom Cruise movies and this movie so fun to watch. Uh, Yeah
1: yeah go check out our episode now thank you
0: should we move on to number four then
1: yep what is your number four
0: my number four is an action movie that i ranked just above maverick this year Mm
1: -hmm. it's
0: athena um it's i'm kind of shocked that not more people kind of caught on to it maybe that's because just netflix may Mm -hmm. bury ho gaya like so many other movies um But yeah, it's like this crazy biblical fable set in a Paris uh, Banlieu, uh, I think. Yeah, a Banlieu, like a housing complex Hmm. uh, where like an uprising happens because a child is killed by the police and the movie is kind of a collection of these elaborately staged long action sequences uh, with deliberately thinly written characters who serve as archetypes. Uh, And it's angry and it's furious and by the end you're like i don't know if you're gonna start a riot in real life <laughs> but then i appreciate just the passion of this movie.
1: yeah so i think i, I don't know why other people haven't caught to it but like for me i think the movie peaked in it's like first 10 whatever 15 minutes the long the sequences i was like this is amazing i don't know how they're gonna top this anymore for the next 70 minutes and then i was like oh they actually don't top it because like i mean yeah the, the thin characters like they're actually like quite thin and that doesn't work the social political like commentary itself is like quite which also like quite blunt which i guess is natural because you're making like a b movie you're not trying to like make like, a p- character sort of base drama uh but yeah like i was i think i will remember this movie for the first 15 minutes and I'll, after that i'll be like yeah okay that was okay but like first 15 minutes very very good
0: yeah so athena for me was like uh like a big screen movie that was just sadly on netflix you know i can't imagine how much better i would have liked it if i'd seen it on like a actual screen with like people who got riled up as they were Mm. watching it that would have been a really cool experience but then i would imagine that the reason i felt so strongly about it even though i watched it on like a laptop or whatever (laughs) is because it's so like powerful in what it wants to do right and again like when a movie achieves what it wants to achieve is when i'm when i appreciate it and this movie was very clear about what i wanted to do i was very clear about its politics very clear about how i wanted to convey its anger it was very clear about you know the technical things it wanted to achieve um it felt like a music video all that's very cool um so yeah really 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 strong movie for me all right uh what is your number four
1: i think my number four is the only documentary in our list, if I'm getting it right. Um, it's called Navalny. It's named after the guy who's currently in, sitting in jail, thanks to Putin. Um, I think I saw this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I obviously saw this, like, the this war has been going on. Like, not war, invasion has been going on, like, yeah, but pretty much all entire year, I think, now. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And it's, just, like, become a more important movie now. Um, and as I, it was already very important before, because these, this is basically, like, He's like the only sort of like recognizable critic, right? Like, I mean, there are obviously a lot of people who are, don't want Putin to be present in the US, sure. But, uh, this is the guy who's sort of like the face of it and like bold enough to like take on him like publicly and everywhere. Uh, it follows him like, and what I love about it like, it's, 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 it's not just like a movie about like, yeah, this is the guy who is in jail and we're like talking about it, as like a Wikipedia article. It's like, it's also like a funny movie at some time, right? Because it's like, it's, uh, it's looking at, at at his life between uh, the time he got poisoned, which most like, as we I mean we don't really need, need proof it happened basically happened with like Putin's like approval uh, to his like rejailing, where he sort of he returns to his country, and between that time he's trying to figure out like who were the people involved, right? Like who like uh, actually like poisoned him or attempted to assassinate him, basically. Uh, and in during that investigation, like the things uh he comes up with especially like that one amazing call you know which is like on camera is is this insane that's probably like the funniest moment like you know the most bonkers and still, still some at the same time the most harrowing moment of like you know how it's like banal evil can be or sometimes how stupid it can be but also how far reaching it can be when it has the right resources and the right like hand behind it um yeah and you know it's this is a guy who's like who's sort of almost like the Gandhi of Russia today, but like then merged with the an entertainer, right? Because he know like he can, he leverages like TikTok trends and then like, makes videos around it to like convey inform very important information in like an in a enjoyable fashion. Uh, yeah, like I just I loved the movie from like every possible way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean I wouldn't call him Gandhi. I'd call him more like like a, like an influencer sort, you know. <laughs> and yeah, the scene that you were talking about pound for pound, like it was probably the most insane sequence in any movie this year that phone call yeah. thing because it's so on the surface it's shocking because people are discussing assassinations <laughs> but then what really stood out for me was like navalny's reaction himself like in a moment he it's like an outer body experience for him right it's like he's talking yeah. about someone else not himself um yeah. which is what was so cool about. like he 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 is so lost in that investigation or whatever it is. He's is so Therefore lost. he forgets that he was the target yeah. of like a
1: murder. Yeah, monster. it's
0: almost like he's, he's like, it's like an achievement for him. Like, look what I can do. Like that's, and which was what made him such a fascinating, fascinating character also. Uh, like a really, really complicated subject for a documentary. Yeah, I think writer. what
1: makes him fascinating as well is that, you know, like, so, so many critics of like repressive regimes who like, you know, just stay outside forever, right? They just live in Western Europe or, like, the U.S., and they, like, criticize from there. Uh, but this guy, like, I almost, like, felt like he, he was, like, defining patriotism almost. Like, he was like, yeah, I would... I mean, there's, like, one thing to stand here and, like, say, criticizing Putin and here. But he was like, no, I'm going to go back to my country. I don't care what happens to me, which, like, most likely, it's not its not going to be very well. He's already, like, in, I think, nine-year prison term or something after the documentary's events. Uh and possibly he's gonna stay there like all his life if, as long as Putin is in power. So in that sense, like that's almost like like a brave but also like a foolish decision because like how much can he is he does he think he can do if he's just gonna sit behind like prison bars the rest of his so life? So
0: he is someone who is so like committed to the cause mm. that he is okay with becoming the martyr at this point. Right. He wants to be the symbol for whatever rebellion that he has started. He's He he isn't so much concerned anymore about surviving it and leading it himself, which is what I find so fascinating about this person. Like he seems like someone who was an opportunist opportunist early in his Hmm. career, which the movie kind of touches on. Someone who just wanted to oppose for the sake of opposition. But then he's also open to kind of his his ideologies are flexible like as long as I win and as long as I get the support that I want I'm okay with kind of siding with whoever will give me that support which is what's fascinating right? and by this point he's so far down this path that he's kind of lost any sense of yeah what is the end goal here how long will this fight continue uh, does it even matter if I live or die which is fascinating to me uh, yeah probably probably deserves 15 more documentaries <laughs> about him
1: yeah uh
0: okay then moving uh, on to your number three moving on to my number three uh oh yeah this is a real romantic movie now uh in fact my number three <laughs> and number two are romantic movies this one we've spoken about on the podcast it's cha-cha real yeah. smooth uh another movie that i kind of anticipated would be a me- m- more you know important kind of awards player but has i wonder if
1: like the early release sort of
0: yeah that kind of which that. is my theory about 13 lives as well it's like poorly timed release especially in a streaming era you know movies come and go on a week-to-week basis people forget um so yeah Chacha real smooth although maybe apple was trying to follow the coda thing because coda was also released early-ish right yeah uh, it was
1: like the same thing format which we discussed right which are real smooth we were like yeah they could trying to copy that playbook but it doesn't seem to have worked for them
0: yeah so i mean this one should have been a shoe in for like supporting actress what a great character dakota johnson played in this movie yeah. and just so sad at the end but yet like so uplifting i was so the the relationship that the two central characters in this movie the director who's like 25 years old he's playing the protagonist as well um had with dakota johnson's character was just so moving.
1: Yeah, I mean, we spoke about this in detail. So like everything, you know. I mean, as, as you were talking about the movie right now, I was thinking of the scenes again. You know, like we spoke about you know the stuff, like, especially that uh, very nice scene where they sort of like return from like some party or something. Uh,
0: the elbow scene.
1: Yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, you know, and just like that's what I, if, if the movie sort of like that kind of scene lives in your head like like what was six seven months on hmm. I think, now. Hmm. Um, that sort of shows like a power of a movie, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, at par with the. Laundry and taxes seen from everything, everywhere, I feel. Which I think I might have <laughs> brought up while we were speaking about this movie also. Um, yeah, yeah. What's your number three then?
1: My number three is actually, comes well, from Ireland again. which makes it the second Irish movie on my list. It's called The Banshees of Um uh, It's on the surface, it's a movie about two friends falling out because one guy just doesn't like the other guy anymore because he finds him dull and boring. Uh, but really, it's a movie about, like, civil war. You know, it's like uh, people just, like, sort of self-sabotaging each other and, like, it's just too proud, full, or too stubborn or just too stupid. Or as uh, the famous data from this movie, this the woman says, you're just all fucking boring. Um, you know, that's, this is what it comes down to is that, you know, uh, is that, yeah, like, war is stupid and that we, we just need to, like, grow up.
0: And men be need better, to grow but
1: up, yeah. yeah, which is, that's why I said we like men just as a, as a whole need to grow up. Otherwise, you know, like imagine the how different he, mankind's
0: history could have been if just like you know men boy, had grown up earlier. I <laughs> yeah, just thought less of like in this movie, Brendan Griez's character has suddenly convinced himself that he's important. There's no evidence, hmm. right? <laughs> and then one day he's like, "Nay, I deserve better." And yeah. it's also a movie about, you know, just the arrogance that comes with creating art. However unimportant. And, the arrogance,
1: and that's what that that's that's the the funny like core there, right? He's like it's he's decided that art is very important to him. Mm. He must make art until his death. Mm. He has to leave something valuable behind. Mm. And at the same time, he's like sacrificing that very thing he's like if you come near me i will sacrifice the very thing that is important to me for my art so like it's the that's that's what it's conveying about the stupidity of war right it's almost like you're saying that oh yeah like my land or my like country is important to me but you kill your own people when you go to war yeah it's the it's always women and children who die the most when you go to war it's never like oh yeah we killed more of them
0: yeah And it's also what you're willing to turn your back on, right? Because Colin Farrell's character, and what a crazy year Colin Farrell's been having, you know. Colin Farrell's (laughs) character in this movie represents, I mean, in the eyes of Brendan Gleeson, he represents stupidity. But Hmm. you and I know, having seen the movie and what the movie is saying, he represents kindness, right? He represents the alternative. He represents... Peace. Which, like, he says in dialogue, like, a movie doesn't even try to play it, like, coy or anything. He
1: literally, in one scene, he's like, I am the nice guy.
0: I've always been nice. Yeah. And it's fine. You don't need to do anything else because that's where we are as society, right? If you're nice, that's more than anyone else can offer you. Um, yeah, yeah. That's better than 99.9% yeah. <laughs> that are offering. That right being now. said, it is like Martin McDonough, So, it is, like, really, really bleak and bleakly funny um yeah. not in the same way as in bruges which feels like a companion piece which came out like more than a decade ago at this point um yeah or even like his last movie which felt more urgent and angrier right which
1: yeah, yeah. I was much much more angrier yeah. this is like yeah this is like this is a works more as a comedy like you know especially like the, the play of the dialogues you know, like, the, the way, alternative nature, nature of, like, you know, like, saying the same line over and over again, like, stuff like that. Or even having, like, buffoons around, like, how the Barry Kyogan, the character he plays, like, stuff like that. Like, it is, it is, is first yeah. and foremost, wants to make you laugh, but then leave you at the end to be like, okay, are you thinking now? Like, are you, did, and sort of, leave you with that message, and not just try to force that message. down? Yeah, especially
0: the ending, right, which is kind of ambiguous, because you, you've been building up yeah. towards this clash. And there is like mm. it is a violent clash. There is violence in it, or self-inflicted violence, you know, which is also like yeah. a a war allegory, right? Because you are harming yourself. Uh, yeah. But then in the end, it's like what? Like, is this a stalemate? Will the war continue tomorrow? Is it just like a ceasefire?
1: Yeah, but I think that that, that it benefits from the fact that it knows more than its characters, right? Like, it, because it knows everything that's gonna happen to Ireland. Mm beyond for like so many years and almost half like a century mm. uh i think it's almost commentating on that in a way that that they will be stupid enough to come back to blows again yeah
0: and yeah it works as yeah, it's um if i'm not wrong martin mcdonough is not irish even though he spent like a career making irish centric stuff yeah. uh and he's got like the two
1: best Irish actors probably currently in business. Yeah, one of them is
0: probably in the form of his career this year. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this is a great movie, Banshees.
1: Right. Moving on, that what is your runner up?
0: My runner up is a uh, musical. It's the only musical that we have this year on the list.
1: Yeah, I guess like this. this yeah, it is the only out and out musical, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's Cyrano. Which is an uh, adaptation of the, the play, which itself is like an adaptation of something else, which has been adapted like a million times before. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's if Cha-Cha was a romantic movie, like this is a romantic movie. Like this is yeah, this almost, like this- almost
1: Bollywood level romance.
0: Yeah, this is, like, earnest musical romance. Old-fashioned. And I've noticed, like, a lot of these movies on my list just, like, very, very pure, like, in terms of genre. Like, they don't really play coy with what they're trying to do. And this one isn't, like, winking at the audience. This one wants to tug at your heartstrings. This one has that La La Land ending. And, yeah, which is what I appreciated about it. It's about a guy who falls in love. Yeah, which I think, like, you mentioned, now that you mentioned La La Land, like, I mm-hmm. think what
1: didn't work for me with this one was that it doesn't have those... Like, it's songs don't have that power for me. Right? Like, with Darna La La what happened to me was like, literally, I feel like I left the theater mm. and in the car. I was like, okay, can we like play the soundtrack now? Thank you.
0: I think the La La um, Land soundtrack was more bombastic, although the music here, which is by members of the national, by definition is more muted, although there are a couple of really, really moving ballads. Like, I found myself really returning to the music of this movie. Uh, right. But then, Yeah, I think it was more, not more the music, but I think it was also like the lyrics for me was like they're not, mm-hmm.
1: I don't know, they weren't like evocative enough or maybe like not pulling me enough to be like, oh yeah, like I want to like hear them again. Do you think that's uh, because but yeah, on the, the
0: whole, he isn't like Peter Dinklage is the main guy. He isn't like a singer-singer because he is required to do a lot of singing.
1: But like that was also the case in like La Land, right? Like they had to do so much singing themselves. Uh, so I don't think that's the barrier. So, I think, like, I think when, actually, I always prefer it when, like, actors are given the job rather than feeling fake, you know, because, like, you can tell, right? Like, when they, because they're in the dialogues, they, like, sound themselves. And the minute they start singing, you can tell, like, someone else is singing for them. So, I, I always prefer that you give it to the, uh, actor, even though if they're not, like, trained, if they, you, they, even if their voices break, I would rather have the authenticity over the well sounding of it. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mind the singing, even though he's just singing, he's not dancing or doing anything like that. It's more, it's a sadder movie in many ways. Uh, yeah, it is obviously
1: a much sadder movie.
0: Yeah. Um, And yeah, the ending is hard, like there is no, It, it's not happy. <laughs> like, yeah. And um, the tragic quality of it is what kind of really stuck with me through all these months, yeah. I saw it months and months ago. Uh, yeah, number two still, despite like hundreds of movies watched this year, which is, Really, really cool. I think more people should watch this. Uh, But funny enough, like my number two did not really work for you and your number two did not really work for me. (laughs) Tell Rakesh what it is. Uh,
1: Yeah, so this is, uh, I think, the only movie on this list from Iran. Uh, It's made by the son of a legendary director almost, uh, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. legendary
0: Uh, worldwide. World-renowned legend.
1: Mm -hmm. So, Scar Beta is now, this is his first feature uh, which is a movie, in a way, this is, I mean, for me, it's like a companion piece to Navalny.
0: It's also because, a companion uh, piece to Banshees of Inisharan, by the way.
1: Yeah, it could be seen as that as well. But yeah, for me, but more of it like, I was thought as Navalny, uh, Navalny because it's always like, it's a kind of repressive regime. Uh, it doesn't like tell you that any at any point, mm. uh, at least like until like deep into the movie, like you got to get that sense uh it's just like initially it's just a road movie you know just like eccentric family of like people are bickering with each other all the time mm. everyone's on edge for some reason except the small kid who like, is having a time of his life um and yeah like it's it's slowly like become you realize what, what it's actually like trying to hint at or talk about mm. and i think by the time like the movie like reached you know by the time they they bury the dog spoiler alert uh and like they're driving away and then sort of dancing almost in the car to that like sort of pop mm-hmm. song whatever and I was like I think crying with them everywhere so mm-hmm. it, it was that's probably like the that loud-mouthed sort of like climactic end to the movie was like I was like I think yeah sold by then but I guess it didn't work for you, you said.
0: yeah I do think that I was kind of struggling to connect with these characters because of how um, kind of ambiguously written they were um, mm. Not so much the story. Like I was in for the ride. Like I wanted to know what was happening. I wanted to know where they were going. What the point of it all was. But then I do sense that I would have appreciated it more if I knew more going in. Um, right. Like I would have appreciated what the cyclist stands for. I would have appreciated what the random people that they're running to stand for. I would have appreciated what the dog represents. You know, because they mm-hmm. all represent things. They all represent a part of iranian culture that is kind of influencing how people live these days uh the journey itself has meaning but then all of it is is too much to kind of absorb right at the end when you understand what it's all about um yeah which is why i kind of thought it was like banshees of initial right although in banshees it tells you very early on that the civil wars happening across the whatever yeah. sea, so you know that you know in back of your mind that this is what the movie is about. Um, here I was like, oh, it's like waiting for Godot, which is also why I made that connection. Um, mm. But then, even in waiting for Godot, you know very early on what they're waiting for, right? Um, so yeah, that was just a struggle. Like I was, I didn't really connect with the, I didn't connect with it emotionally, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I think that... That almost, like, comes from, I think, what his father sometimes does is, like, he's, he's not, like, I think that's almost, like, Iranian cinema in general as well. That, but his father not, they is capable
0: to do... of, you know, of, like, hitting the core emotion of every scene with, like, very, very yeah, simple. Yeah,
1: because he's, like, a much yeah. more experienced filmmaker as well, yeah.
0: Just if the tilt of a camera and you're, like, oh, my God, destroyed you know, like, that level. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess, so like, yeah.
1: in, in this movie as well, like, I mean, the, one of the... F- the scene that still sort of, like, holds with me is, like, this: like, they've kept you in the car for the longest time, right? You just, like, almost, Mm -hmm. like, you become part of the family for, like, the longest time. And then when the that that biggest scene comes where they're actually supposed to reveal what's Mm co-happening, is that this child is being sent away. Mm -hmm. He just, like, pulls away. It's, like, just, like, super wide shot. And it's, like, running back and forth from, like, one tree to, like, the bike and the bike to the back to the car. Mm -hmm. And it's just full chaos is happening because, like, everyone's emotions are now coming out because the family is actually getting separated uh-huh. uh, and I just thought like that like sort of decision sort of like really work for me I was mm-hmm. like okay like I understand why you want to pull back at this moment
0: yeah yeah uh, yeah. I mean yeah to be clear like there is like a, there is clear talent here you know like more mm-hmm. like authorship than most movies that we'd see um, yeah but yeah I, I mean I'm interested to watch more obviously
1: yeah, I'm really, I mean, I was surprised, you know, I was like, when I f- like, first heard about it, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe it's like a Jafar, but I was like, wait, who is this? And like, once you've seen it, you're like, yeah, okay, this is like a very good debut feature. Speaking of debut yes. features.
0: Both are number one. We have the same number one, which is, I think, for the first time, it's happened in three years, I think. We have Sharon number one. Although I would want to, like, quickly just point out, there is a companion piece movie to this one. That is not on my list. Hmm. But then, in the days since I've seen it, it has been sticking. Like, it refuses to go away. And I have a suspicion that if we were to record this any time in the future, maybe a week or 10 days or a month or whatever, it would very easily be number one. Like, The Fablemans is the movie I'm talking oh. about. And it's not in my number... It's not in my top 10 as we speak in this moment.
1: So, my fableman I think it was, like, in my, like... If we had, like, a 12 or an 11, I think I would have exactly. crept in. But, like, I don't know. Like, I, like how you, like, didn't connect with, that. Like, mm. Hit the Road. Uh, like, that happened to me with The Fable Benz. Like, I was... Like, a, the craft mm. of it and, like, I could journey of it, you know, I could admire. But, like, for some reason, I could, like... I was never, like, really, really, like, pulled into it. It's just one of those movies why.
0: that when I watched it for the first time, I had a similar reaction to what you're describing right now. It's like, I understand... I, the craft is crazy. Maybe I'm not connecting to it in the way that he wanted to. But in the days since I've seen it, I just refuse to go away. And every day I'm like... And I haven't seen it again. But every day, one scene pops in my head. And right. I'm like, oh.
1: I mean, that's like, that's After Sun for me. Which, like, we haven't mentioned. So, like, I just yeah. mentioned now. That, that's our, that's my, our number, number one. <laughs> like, that's, like, After Sun. Just, like, there are... Every time, like, I just think about, like, the movies this year. Like, I'm thinking about, like, videotape scenes from... This yeah,
0: movie. which is funny, right? Because this is, as you mentioned, a debut feature about a person recalling, you know, the formative kind of years in their life with their parent, right? Which is what yeah. Spielberg has done five decades into his career. And this person has done it. <laughs> their...
1: And so many people, right? Like this year, mm-hmm. we, yeah. not just the Mans. We also had yeah, like Bardo. Bardo from Inari yeah. 2. We had Armageddon Time. James Gray. From James Gray and we had uh what's the f- Empire of Light from yeah. Sam Mendes and and, uh... and it's this is some 30 something scottish director like making her first mm. feature and she's made
0: this yeah it's insane this is the movie where i'm like Paul Mescal star like star Paul Mescal star and like Like, how do you get the kid to act so mature? The kid is like a toss-up for me, like, child performances in movies, right? You either either get it or you don't. And it's, like, it can't be trained. Like, I don't think directors or most directors have that skill where they can train an actor, a child actor to do what they want. It's either the child Mm. gets it and you cast, right? It's more of a casting thing than, like, a direction Mm. thing, I feel. And this one, obviously, they found the kid, right? Um, Yeah. Belfast was last year, right? And that kid was kind of annoying in a similarly kind of semi-autobiographical story about. Yeah, her. yeah. I
1: mean, Belfast—the movie was, to be fair, annoying yeah. for me. It just felt, it felt fake. fake. And
0: this one is like every moment, even though you haven't lived it, it makes you feel as if it's your memory. Even though you might yeah.
1: not have, just every moment is is coming to life, like in the right,
0: biggest form possible. And just those quiet scenes of her, uh, the lens of the director just observing Paul Mescal's character like from a distance you know with the, with his back turned to us uh,
1: yeah which is what I like right like it's not the
0: movie because like she's remembering like you know we
1: eventually we're giving given the perspective through the film not like told mm-hmm. early on because she's remembering and like sifting, sifting through sort of like videotapes what I like is that it's never becomes like oh yeah like now that we have the knowledge of putting you in the past we'll show you what like the father is feeling it no that that would mm-hmm. be a lie right because then that would be like going into areas you necessarily cannot go because the daughter did not have access to that sort of knowledge mm-hmm. or that memory so i think that's what i appreciate is that they sort of like they keep that like i loved movies when they sort of you know like they they not she's not hiding anything because in a way she doesn't know right because it's this semi-autograph mm-hmm. or whatever uh but like she by keeping that distance it's almost like an invitation to you and be like okay what do you think he was going through and I feel like everyone who comes to this movie will sort of imprint something else right maybe from their own dad or maybe from their uncle or maybe some from something new and they'll they'll be like okay oh, yeah, maybe that's what he all was the way,
0: i mean do you you do get a sense of what was happening right this person was yeah i mean yeah there are clearly trouble and in there. Hmm. as a child she did not understand the extent of the trouble and the hmm. whole movie is framed from the perspective of you know hindsight like. And she's yeah. not trying to, like, sugarcoat the memories. She is trying to present them as she remembers them. But then those memories have taken mm. on a new shape because she's an adult now. And she's viewing them as, you know, there is, like, a tinge of melancholy even in the happiest moments. There is no outburst or anything yeah. angry or anything, you know. But you get the sense that this person is...
1: And tension, of melancholy is, is, is especially evident towards the end, right? Like, where it sort of really hits you and they're like, wait, maybe this is was the final time they saw
0: each other. Yeah, like... And you anticipate the worst. I don't think anyone's going to go out to this movie thinking, ke, oh, maybe they just, like, didn't speak to each other. Yeah, like something drastic must have happened. Yeah.
1: No, like, yeah, like that have to yeah exactly. Because like, cause then, then you start thinking about those like those lines again, where he says, you know, like, to that random fisherman, like, that stuff, like, line, When he was like, yeah, like, I just became turned 30, like, and I don't think I'll make it to 40. And you just like, wait, like, did he mean... The war like did he actually mean he was like potential of picking yeah. his life
0: I mean in yeah exactly right I mean this so spare of this movie there's so little again like the quiet girl like so little dialogue where so much is communicated like silent glances camera moves how the hmm. frames are composed and I'm assuming that every line that was included in this movie' there's a reason behind that line right it's meant to
1: yeah, there was, like, things I didn't pick up on initially, which, like, I was reading about it, and then, like, someone mentioned, like, I want to watch it again now just to make sure, that, is that, apparently, like, Paul Miskor's character is never in the light or something, he's always in the shade okay. or shadow, like, and then that takes on a psychological layer, right, like, that's, then you're conveying something through that if people pick up on that.
0: Yeah, so, kind of an insane debut, like, logo are Talent talent. it's kind of astonishing yeah. to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: just like come out they make a sh- couple of short films and then they make this like yeah, i mean okay. and
0: not in terms of just like the form of it right because as a movie as like a technical achievement it's crazy it's like a movie movie right uh but just in terms mm. of the emotional maturity of it coming from someone who's yeah. in their 30s early 30s right you wouldn't normally expect yeah. that. like you wouldn't I- normally expect someone to have s- an emotionally mature like outlook towards such serious things. um, Especially uh. if you like look around you and kind of observe what people our age are like doing. <laughs> in <laughs> <night>. <laughs> Going to nightclubs. Well, whatever. Clubs. I mean, you can go to a nightclub, right? But then it doesn't matter if you're like an actively like you're an emotionally intelligent person who's nice to people, you know, you're understanding this, that. It's fine. But then I see people that are really stupid. And they don't really know they're stupid. And it's sh- it's just like a reminder that, you know, there are so many different kinds of people in this world. Maybe we need to kind of experience more things and not be kind of restricted to our own kind of tiny bubbles that we live in.
1: Yeah, which like I was just like looking at our list as well as like, and that's what I find. Right? I mean, when I talk to like a lot of people, there's like they're, and it's the, it's the barrier again, right? I mean, so many of our movies are in English, sure. But like, even then, like, people don't even venture out into like, English movies from like, other countries, you know. Forget like, venturing into non-English movies from other countries. And it's just like, oh, they're leaving like so much on the like, table yeah. every year. Like, you speak to like, most people and their, their movies like, will come from like, their local culture, you
0: know. And it's not just no, for and, India. And the... Um... The, the tragedy is that you will watch a movie in French, right? But then you're understanding only 60% of it, is my theory with every foreign language movie. Mm. Like when you watch a movie in a foreign language that you don't understand the nuances of.
1: Yeah.
0: It's like watching a dub basically, right? Mm-hmm. And we know that if you watch a dub, it takes away so much of the experience. Yeah. So imagine how much is there on the table that you're not experiencing to its fullest. Um. Yeah, it's kind of mind-boggling. It's also, like, a fool's errand. Like, this is not something that you can conquer ever. So, it's pointless thinking about
1: it. <laughs> I was also, I was also looking at... Uh, this was, like, so little of our, like, list. It's also, like, sometimes available just, like, to watch in India. Even though, like, you know, streaming services keep growing and growing as we're being told every the, year.
0: Which is the lie that streaming services have told yeah, us. Yeah, is that In fact, it's more difficult.
1: It's Exactly. Like, it's just... I mean, some of our movies are actually, like, what's well, first released, like, in film festivals, like, the previous year, 2021, and they still haven't made it to, like, any platform in India, right? And it's just, like, and it's out of, like, the all the movies, like, we you were talking about, like, you know, Top Gun being a great, like, cinema experience, that's the only movie out of my list, I like, out of 10 I watched in cinema, everything else I've seen at home, because... They're not coming. That's true. They're not.
0: They're not coming.
1: Even if they're coming to, to a stream platform, that stream platform is not taking the effort out to be like, okay, let's put it in theaters for a week or a month and then bring it to streaming. No, it's like dumping it on streaming.
0: There's yeah, movies are dumped. Bantries of initial
1: and Direct to Hotstar.
0: Direct to Hotstar. Athena played in Venice, Netflix, Forgotten.
1: Yeah, everything everywhere, like I waited months for it to come. Like eventually came to cinemas, but I had seen it like three months before that.
0: And yeah, but like after Sun is coming, I think a week after we're going to post this, which is good. Yeah, but directly to movie, not in theaters. Directly to movie. Yeah. So here's my thing, right? People, and I was thought of this while watching Navalny. Mm. You can produce whatever movie, you can even get funding here and there. So you can probably make whatever movie you want to.
1: Mm.
0: But the real indicator of where we are as a culture is if that movie finds distribution. Yeah. Right, for whatever reason. For political reasons, financial reasons. That's what we need to pay attention to going forward. It's okay if your movie is made. Navalny is going to be made. Someone's going to pay for it. But then the bigger thing is that someone gave it exhibition. Like HBO World or whatever. Yeah, right?
1: yeah like I've been waiting for like all that breeds right? From the documentary in India. Like where is the Indian distribution for that movie? It's an Indian documentary that's being shortlisted for the Oscars. Why is no one distributing in theaters in
0: India? What a sad note to end. <laughs> this... Episode and you're on.
1: That's all for this episode of the Long Take. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at the Long Take Pod. You can write to us at the Long Take Pod at gmail.com. Please leave us a rating and a review uh, we love this episode, and we will see you next week.